Good day. Welcome to our Bible class where we are ready to continue our work in the book of Philippians. We are in chapter 4. I want to read from verse 1 down through verse 9 to set the stage for this study. Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Our focus will be on verses 8 and 9, but I want to read the entire context. Here it is, Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat you, Odia, and I entreat Synthic to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Let's go back now and begin at verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. One of the realities of preaching and teaching for 50 years is you see things all the time that you missed earlier. It happens to me regularly. I read something or study something and I discover a fresh understanding. It may not be that I was absolutely wrong about it before. I just see it with greater clarity and depth than I did before. With this verse, for many years, Philippians 4 and verse 8, I thought of this as a mental checklist that you do over a few minutes. Periodically, you open up your Bible and look at this verse and read Philippians 4 and verse 8, and you set your thinking in gear for a few moments, and you just go through the list, and you think about each one of these for a moment or two. It will not hurt to do that, but that doesn't represent the full scope of what this text is about. There is a richer dimension of this verse, I understand now, and want to suggest to each of you. Paul is saying, this should be the content of your mind all the time. 
the description of your inner thought life. These are the consistent governing principles of a healthy and valuable mind. May I say again, these are the consistent and governing principles of a healthy and valuable mind. It is not like going through the list and saying, okay, true. Put a check there. Honorable. Put a check there. It is not like that. You can do that, but this has deeper meaning. I'm persuaded a better way to understand this is this should be the consistent content of your mind. Let me explain further. You have to give some thought to work, to money, to family responsibilities, to various things that are part of your life, but all your thoughts about such things should be true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, and commendable. This is not a list that you go through moving from one to the next over a five-minute period, giving a certain amount of time, a minute or so, to each one. While that wouldn't necessarily be detrimental, I don't think that's the main point. The point is the content of your mind should be as described by these words and phrases. You see what I mean? Now, we do need to be sure we know what these words and phrases mean. So, let's go through the list. Whatever things are true, my inner character and my outward behavior will never be right until I make the truth of God my priority. That means I must absorb the truth of God through my contact with his word. It means I must be determined to obey his truth, to defend his truth. It means I must never involve myself in anything contrary to his truth. And all of this means I must think truth, respect truth, speak truth, and listen for truth. Christians are people who have made up their mind to never lie to anybody about anything at any time and for any reason. That dogmatic commitment to truth begins when you obey the gospel. You decide that truth from God will govern what's in your head. Noble. This word has to do with what is honorable, high, lofty. The opposite of this is vulgarity, worldliness, irreverence. You want to know what noble or honorable means? The mind of Christ described in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then take the teachings of Christ and apply that to your mind and your life can be noble. Our inner thoughts should have this content. Just, in the NIV, the word is right. One definition says, that which fulfills duty as instructed by God. It will do us so much good to focus and concentrate and think about that which fulfills duty specified by God. Think on these things. Let that be the content of your mind, pure. 
You know what this means. Not contaminated. We need to use the word of God to keep contamination and pollution out of our minds. The more I dwell on these things, the more I read and study and think about the things of God, the harder it will be for contamination and pollution to get into my mind. Lovely. Greek word translated lovely simply means that which tends toward love and away from hate. Take everything the Bible says about love. Put that in your mind. Use that in your life. Think about it and pray about it. Think on these things. Whatever things are of good report, or the English Standard Version says whatever is commendable. If we are not exceedingly careful to guard our hearts, we can develop an attraction for bad news. Words of some scandal can stimulate us and hold our attention to our detriment. We can almost always draw a crowd by simply walking up to a group of people and saying, Did you hear what happened? Telephones, cell phones, email lines are constantly humming with scandals and suspicions and gossip and rumors of every sort and conspiracies on social media. And as these stories circulate, they evolve into far-fetched tales and find their place among the urban legends of our time. Endless slanders and fables and juvenile disputes do not contribute to our spiritual welfare. And those kind of things hurt people and offend God. Why not get interested in and locked into things of good report? Things that are commendable, excellent. The New King James says, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Here's one way we can apply this teaching in Philippians 4, 8. When any thought is submitted to you, if you cannot put that thought in one of these categories, there may be good reason to reject it. Let me say again, when any thought is submitted to you, if you cannot put that thought in one of these categories, there may be good reason to reject it. For instance, if you're having a conversation with someone and a thought is submitted for your consideration, and you cannot put that thought anywhere in the descriptions of Philippians 4 and verse 8, how much time should you spend with that? You are watching a movie or television program and the plot the behavior is generating thoughts contrary to these standards in Philippians 4.8. Shouldn't that visual process be terminated? If you were sitting at your computer and an email comes through or a website comes up or a social media post comes on your screen and the input into your mind is not true, noble, pure, what should be your reaction? You know, every computer... Yes, every computer has a delete button. Apostle Paul teaches Christians to meditate on good things, but he draws that into details, into the specifics of good, healthy, mental content. These words 
these phrases should describe consistently the content of our minds. Think of what powerful influences our lives would be if all our inner thoughts reflected what's contained in Philippians 4, verse 8. Verse 9, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. In another translation, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. I'm going to do something that will first sound a little backward. I want to start at the end of that verse. I want you to look at this rich promise, the God of peace will be with you. So much power in those few words. And here is something that would fall into that category of things that are lovely without any doubt. The God of peace will be with you. And I say, if your heart is where it should be and you know well the reality of death, judgment, and eternity, this should really get your attention and be so attractive, the God of peace being with you. In my life, I want the God of peace to be with me. And certainly when I leave this life, I want the God of peace to be with me. The Bible teaches God is a God of peace, and he gives peace to his people through Christ. I want to be one of those people, don't you? In my life here and when I leave this life, I want the God of peace to be with me. Well, I, I think you agree with everything I've said. Now, in Bible study, once you see something you need, some promise that you find attractive, it is indispensable to look back into the passage to find out how to be a recipient of that promise. So, for example, in Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The attractive promise there is being saved, not condemned. Once you determine you want that, you look back into the verse to see what is required. What is the condition? What should your response be to believe and be baptized? You see how simple this works? You find something you need. Then you look back into the passage to see what you need to do to have it in response to God. So let's follow that process wherever it might lead with Philippians 4.9. The thing we need that we see here that we want is the peace of God to be with us. Now look back at the verse. And observe what is required, and you'll see this little word, do. There is something to do. Here's what it says. Paul says, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. If I want the God of peace to be with me, I must do something. I must be active. I must respond to something in order for the God of peace to be with me. Two things. One, we want the God of peace to be with us. Two, we know we must do something for the God of peace to be with us. Any questions so far?
We are ready now to find out what we need to do for the God of peace to be with us. It is this simple. It's in the verse. We must learn and obey the teaching given through the apostles of Christ. The instructions we have in the New Testament, Jesus gave teaching for our response, our use. He gave it through the inspired apostles like Paul who gave us this book about how to respond to God. We have that instruction on the pages of the New Testament. We are to learn it and obey it in order for the God of peace to be with us. As to this verse, Philippians 4 verse 9, that's the message, isn't it? We are to learn the teachings given through the apostles. We are to respond to that teaching with the obedience of our lives in order for the God of peace to be with us. Philippians 4, 9. Let's take a closer look, especially at that phrase, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me. Sometimes it's helpful to go to other translations. The New Testament in plain English. Practice the things you learned from me, received from me, heard from me, or saw in me. The God of peace will be with you. The NIV, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Through Paul and the other apostles of Christ, a pattern of individual behavior and collective practice in response to God has been given. It is expected that Christians follow this pattern. We have seen this earlier in Philippians. One place would be Philippians 3.17. Brethren, join in following my example. And before that, walk by the same rule. There was a pattern for individual behavior and collective practice revealed through the apostles of Christ. Just as Jesus said in Matthew 16, they bound on earth what had been bound in heaven, and they loosed on earth what had been loosed in heaven. So given all this context, all this teaching we have about the role of the apostles, and knowing Paul was an apostle of Christ, Philippians 4, 9 falls right into place, urging Christians to do what the apostles revealed, to have peace of God through Christ with them in their lives. Jesus died to redeem us from sin. Our response to that sacrifice ought to be to do what he said as revealed through the apostles. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. God of peace will be with you. I'll be back in just a second with final wrap-ups. Just a little pause there, uh, grocery delivery 
pulled up and looked out my office window and saw them trying to get our attention, so we had a little pause. Final wrap-ups. Carefully guard what you let in your mind. My mind shouldn't be open to just anything that can be heard, read, seen, or imagined. God gave me a brain, a mind. His right to rule means I should not let anything in my mind that would displease him and take me even a few steps away from him. Guard your thoughts. Proverbs 4.23 seems to be reflected in this part of Philippians. Carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of true life. Number two, when we talk about following the teachings of the New Testament, the apostles gave us that content. Don't let anyone minimize, discount, or deny that. It is here in verse 9, written so clearly. A pattern of behavior, work, and worship was revealed by the apostles. And this verse conveys the obligation to learn, receive, hear, and practice these things, accompanied by this promise to the obedient, to those who respond to the grace of God in Christ, the God of peace will be with you. So may we think about these things and learn and practice what we read in the New Testament directed to us. Thankful to God, God of peace, who sent Jesus Christ to die for us, to be raised from the dead, and to now be at his right hand, our access to God. Thank you.